Welcome back to the castle of Gretchen Hexenkopf. Episode 32. The Squeaky Key. After making it past the nut-cracking gargoyles, Oz and Hazel reach the top of the stairs that lead to the dungeon, and they scurry across the narrow passage to the gate made of giant's finger bones. Still clinging to the side of the dungeon, their orphan brothers sigh at the side of Oz through the gate, sigh again at the side of Hazel, and sigh massively when she produces... The key! You have the key! The looming sounds of the witch and her rabble grows louder. And even louder. Cackles and croaks grow toward crescendo as Hazel hands the key, or rather, the mouse, to Oz. And Oz turns to feed the mouse into the keyhole. But... The sound of tuxedo-wearing bat-winged toads startles him. And he drops the mouse, or rather the key, before he can squeeze it into the lock. Oh, get it, get it! It's got to be gotten! The mouse, or rather the key, scampers down three stairs before Hazel manages to catch it. I got it, I got it! Hazel feeds the key, or rather the mouse, into the lock. They wait. Hazel puts her ear to the keyhole. I don't... I don't hear anything. The mouse, or rather the key, squeezes itself out of the other end of the keyhole without having unlocked a thing, attempting another escape from its captors. You filthy little farmer. It scurries up the giant finger bone and onto the stone wall, where it double backs out of the dungeon, across the passage, and back down the stairs. The imprisoned orphans watch Hazel and Oz give chase, disappearing into the darkness of the spiral staircase. Suddenly, everything goes quiet. Hazel? Oz? And then Hazel and Oz appear. Or, to be more precise, the backs of Hazel and Oz appear. They're backpedaling toward the dungeon gate. Gretchen Hexenkopf and her rabble of ne'er-do-wells encroaching upon them. <laughs> Gretchen leads the encroachment, holding the mouse, or rather the key, in the palm of her hand. <laughs> the mice crawl in, the mice crawl out, as orphans cry and scream and shout. The mice can come. The mice can go as orphans' bones smack rocks below. Oh, Gretchen, that was lovely. Just lovely. (laughs) Gretchen pays no attention to the fool's praise and places all of her attention on... Hazel Peachwood, how have you been getting along, my little lovely? How... how do you know my name? How do I... 
<laughs> you mean to say you don't remember me? You must! I'm sure you've told all your little orphan friends about me, haven't you? Ha! She's never bent her tongue for the likes of you. This is true. Hazel hasn't. But Hazel also can't deny that something about Gretchen Hexenkopf haunts her. Something familiar, but entirely unfamiliar. Like when you meet someone in a nightmare that you've known all your life. Someone you hold dear. But in the nightmare, that someone is a stranger. A menacing, vile presence who tries to poke your eyes out and tie your shoelaces in knots. <laughs> well, Hazel... As Gretchen speaks, the mouse crawls over her manicured hands from the knuckle of her index to the middle, the ring, and then the pinky finger. And then it crawls upside down across her palm and begins again, a makeshift exercise wheel. You might not know this, but dungeons are especially good for arousing memories. Either that or they're good for letting people rot. I forget which. Four tuxedo-wearing bat-winged toads take flight. One on either side of Oz, and one on either side of Hazel. And grab them by the arms and fly them into the dungeon, which Gretchen opens with the wave of her free hand. Dropping the orphans on the far ledge, the toads fly back out. Gretchen waves the gate closed behind them. I'm not one for prattling pleasantries, my little lovely. Perhaps when your memory returns, we can enjoy a more lively discussion? The only lively discussion I'll have with you will involve kidnapped fairies. The vibration of the last syllable of fairies still shakes in the air when Gretchen Hexenkopf's appearance begins to change. The graying hair. The wrinkles, the crooked posture, the blackened lips. She appears ready to explode. But the chirping of the mouse on her knuckles calms her, and the transformation wanes. She has an idea, a vile, wicked idea. I'd love to talk fairies. But we can't have a discussion like this, not on opposite sides of a dungeon gate. You'll need to let yourself out. But you have the walk. Hazel glances at Oz and can see that his orientation has already gone screwy again. He means the key. I have a key. The one that opens the gate when bodies go in. There's another key that opens the gate when bodies come out. (laughs) Where is that key? Oh, it's in the dungeon with all of you. If you can catch it, we'll talk about fairies, Miss Peachwood, until all of time runs its course, if that's what you would like to do. Hmm? The orphans search the dungeon with their eyes, but as far as they can tell, there's no key in here. She's as batty as those toads. <laughs> Don't be foolish, orphans. Of course there is a key in the dungeon. Suddenly, 
A mouse squeaks in the dungeon. The orphan's eyes trace every inch of space until... Oh, there it is! And there is a mouse, and it perches on the edge of a stone high up on the dungeon wall, between Hazel and Elwood. And the two of them inch toward each other, closing the gap between themselves and the mouse. Just as Hazel and Elwood get within a hand's reach, Elwood's hunchback, or rather, his wings underneath his coat, bump a sharp rock, nearly knocking him from the ledge. Hazel gasps. <gasps> In fact, all of the orphans gasp, and their gasps startle the mouse, scaring it back into its hole in the dungeon wall. It's gone. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Avast! There she goes. The mouse appears in the opposite wall of the dungeon, this time between Lump and Squish. There it is. I see it. Look, it's right there. Get that? Yes, Squish, I see it. I didn't say that you didn't. And how could you not see it? It's right beside you. Well, Squish, it, it's closer to you. Hazel senses this is heading toward one of their silly sibling impasses. Lump! Squish! The dwarves shrug off the argument and both reach for the mouse. It climbs the next highest stone just out of their reach and disappears into another hole. It's gone again! There it is! There it is! Where? There! Where? Ah! There it be! Oi! There! No! It's there! Where? Up high! No, there! Down low! It's neither! It's in the middle! Every orphan's arm stretches, pointing to a different area of the dungeon. And in that area, there's indeed a mouse. Because several mice have entered the dungeon. Actually, it's more accurate to say that several mice are continuing to enter the dungeon. They're coming in droves. An infestation. Ugh! Which one is the key? That one, that one, that one! No! This one here! You mean there. There's no way to tell. Soon the entire dungeon's moving. A swarm of filthy gray pelts climbing over each other. Thousands upon thousands of rodents. The orphans struggle to cling to the dungeon wall. Mice crawling over their hands and wrists and arms and feet and ankles and knees. No longer are they concerned with trying to obtain the key. In fact, leaving the dungeon is no longer a concern at all. Simply staying in the dungeon is much higher a priority. But it's hardly a reasonable priority. Gruff slips first, then Lump, followed by Oz, Copper, Hazel, Squish, and Zip. Every orphan manages to clutch the ledge and dangle over the void, holding himself or herself by the strength of fingers. Only Elwood remains on his feet, practically drowning in scurrying mice, and all the while Gretchen Hexenkopf gleefully licks her teeth. The mice at first only scamper across the orphan's fingers and the fingers barely register the tiny, tickling footsteps since they're so busy with the business of holding on for dear life. When the mice begin to nibble at the fingertips of the orphans, however, not only do the orphans register the bitter pains of being bitten, they begin to lose their grips. They're biting my mitts! The dwarf nearly plummets into the void, but he manages to grab Hazel's leg. The mice gnaw on Copper next, and he falls too, but he gets a hold of Lump's leg. 
Eventually, they all fall, and they all manage to dangle from another orphan, Hazel holding up the lot of them. Still, Elwood teeters on the ledge, watching Hazel and the rest of his orphan brothers dangle from who knows how many stories up, over who knows what's far below. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler's Gulch... The Screams of Scarecrows. In the meantime, it's not a bad idea to think about dungeons. Sure, the literal ones, but more importantly, the figurative ones. We all find ourselves locked in dungeons from time to time, often dungeons of our own making, whether we know it or not. That said, it's a good idea to start collecting keys of all shapes and sizes, keys that unlock dungeons of self-pity, of darkness and lethargy, of self-doubt and insecurity, of all the negativity that keeps you and me and us from being who we might otherwise 